Let's do it, friends! Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of My Sister Made Me View It, covering Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson. This week, we are reading four chapters. Four. Read them. Four. Chapter 33, A Lecture. Chapter 34, Resistance. Chapter 35, First Into the Sky. <laughs> At chapter 36, Hero. We need a hero. Hey, Emily, hey, at man. first brush. These were freaking <laughs> delightful. I loved <laughs> everything the about it. The best chapters you've ever Yes. Well, <laughs> oh, that just keeps happening. Just keep getting gooder oh and gooder. Gosh. Hey, now do you love Sigzel as much as I love Sigzel? I, I've always liked Sigzel. But do you like him as much as I do? Now I know who he is more. Sigzel's. <laughs> My favorite yeah. of the side bridgemen. Okay. Teft might be. Okay. No, it's rock. It's obviously. rock. Okay. Rock for me. It's Sigil was great. Yeah. I have nothing bad to say about him. Great. Hey, give me let's let's just get started right into it. Give me that epigraph. What's your name? <sighs> my name is Megan. <laughs> I should be charging my phone because it's only at twenty percent. <laughs> Do you need my phone to scroll through no. to keep you quiet during the No! <laughs> I have behind-the-scenes information to look at. What's your f- name? <laughs> my name's Emily. I should be working on my book. But instead? Instead. We are making a podcast. We are making a podcast. All right. Give me the epigraph. No. We gotta get into it. We don't have time. No more bits. Okay. Podcast right now. Yes, and it came. Yes, it's here at the end. Next Give me chapter. the epigraph. <laughs> Thirty-three. A lecture, dearest Sephandrius. I received your communication, of course. Whom the hunk is Sephandrius? <laughs> um, I'm going to guess a king. That's my guess. That's a good guess. Thank you. Okay. That's it. That's, that's, maybe someday I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is only the first chapter, so we'll keep going. Um, listeners, I hope you have your books open with you so that you can see this beautiful picture of a pastry. Hey. On this page that is multiple tiers, what multiple layers. And, uh, very well <gasps> iced and decorated. Do you think anyone's had a Eurothera wedding cake? <gasps> I would love to see that, if not. At our podcast wrap party, I will commission... A Eurothiru cake. I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. <laughs> so it's got this great shot of Eurothiru from the from the east, from the west. We've got, it's not to scale, but we've got Kaladin in midair. I think Kaladin's <laughs> just closer to the camera. Thank you. I know that's how cameras work. Do you? I know about atmospheric perspective. I know about okay, dolly whatever. zooms. I have seen a multi-plane zoom camera lens. Hey, who drew this? Um... It doesn't say. I'm going to bet it's a Shalon sketchbook page, though. The city is incredibly huge. A chasm fiend's back would not reach the fourth floor. And then there's a little chasm fiend for scale. Little tiny bitty. Little um, But I say this because, do you remember the episode where I kept asking how things were laid out and I was not asking it in yeah. a clear enough way? And, and I thought you were talking about the rings stacked on each other and you were talking about the oath gates. Yeah, so this page also has a lovely way where the oath gates are all 
shows where everything is laid. And then this is one of my favorite parts is it shows that it's huge. Like the top of it is gigantic, but it shows a cutaway and that the rest of it is underground inside the mountain. So you're just getting a sense of scale of how so big this is. Big. Can, so big. Can I say? Uh, no, you cannot. Keep going. Next point. No. <laughs> Star Wars. Yep. So the Sarlacc. Yep. We see how huge and giant they are yep. in, in the movie Return of the Jedi. At Star, Star Wars, Wars Land, Land, they have a like a miniature of it, but it shows that like the top of it is so tiny compared to the body. They have a cutaway so you can see underground and see how giant this thing is. I thought I knew everything about Star Wars. <laughs> and that... To this day has been the most like, like, you know, when you're an adult, you go to Disney, it's fun, but there's not a lot of like magic. You're just um, like, speak for okay. yourself. When I... <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> I didn't mean to disparage anyone. Some of us have a lower bar for magic <laughs> than everyone. But just like something that I was just like, <gasps> it was just new and exciting and like wonderful. And so anyways. We got that. But 33, a lecture. Yasna's alive. Shalon yeah, is, is mad about it. Yeah, she is. Um, Shalon's mad that Yasna did not take the time to tell anyone she was alive. Do you know what? Fair. Fair. A hundred percent. Come on, babe. We've got the technology. You we... could have found a you couldn't have found a span read. I'm sure listen, listen. So Yasna's reasoning for all of this is that the ghost bloods are still around and that <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, Shalon's a ghost blood I now. Yes, his reasoning was that if they knew she was coming, she was alone, she was tired, etc., that they could have taken her out before she even made it to the war camp. But this is from the woman <laughs> who hired an assassin to tattle on other assassins. Like, Yasna has 19 different plans. Yes. Maybe there's she's... no secret span read anywhere. Well, if you think about it, she's been out of the loop for a while and she doesn't know what's been compromised or not. Okay, that's true. I'm just saying, I, think I would she think got... she would have a contingency plan. I think she somewhere. got distracted by wit sparkly eyes. <laughs> I hope so. Her sparkly personality, <laughs> especially with his sense of fashion that has since been restored. Reinstated. Yes. So she's, Shalad is in another hyperfixation about the creature, and she's just been drawing, 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 trying to figure this out. And, like, anytime people come to visit her, she's just like, yes, 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 now please go away so I can, I can mm-hmm. work on this. But she goes to find Yasna, and she's walking around Yurthiru. Because Yasna hasn't come to Shalad. Yasna hasn't come to Shalad yet! Which, listen, if I were Yasna, the very first thing I would do is to say... Talk to my mother. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. That's <laughs> And then I'd write to my brother, the king, and let him know. And then I would talk to my uncle Dalinar, who's in charge of all this and bonded to the Stormfather. And then I'd write a letter to Wit saying, you know, I had a really good time <laughs> walking three months. And yeah, there was this girl I knew for four weeks. Well, listen, I'm saying... <laughs> That was me being obstinate. Tell me what you, you would mean do an if you ass. Were... <laughs> ass. Tell me what you would do if you were your ass now. <laughs> I go to Shalon and say, "You murdered the boat." <laughs> Yasna wasn't there for that. She wasn't. I get that. 
Okay, she would do all the things Megan said that she would do and get a grip on him. But I'm just saying, I guess, no, that makes sense because we've seen Shalon be this really cool person. And Yasna, I think, probably just sees her as this, I need to, like, impart all my wisdom on her because she's an idiot and doesn't know these things that I've been studying. So I'm going to be, you know, whatever. Anyways, Shalon does kind of get an apology from Yasna. In a roundabout way. A very Yasna-style apology. A Yasna-style apology. It's not good enough for Shalon, but she's not going to say that to the princess of Alethkar. Storms. She was perfect. A curvaceous figure. Tanalethy <laughs> skin. Light, violent eyes. Not a hint of aberrant color to her jet-black hair. Making Yasna Kalin as beautiful as she was brilliant was one of the most unfair things the Almighty... I loved that. I absolutely adored that. <laughs> and and as soon as Shalon walks up to her, Yasna's like, science fact, science fact, science fact and technology fact. And Shalon's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, draw this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She does but, say, listen, your art. Oh, go ahead. I interrupted you. Well, I was going to have you say, Yasna starts telling us about how Fabrials are powered. Okay. Did and I you, not you call this? Did. I definitely you did. You 100% did. Thank you. And if you recall, listeners learned how to trap gem, uh, spren in gems from humans. Mm-hmm. And we've trapped spren to make Fabrials. So every Fabrial we have has a spren in gems Trapped somewhere. inside. And yes. Yasna's just like, oh, it's just like if you were to harness a chull or whatever. And Shalon's like, yeah, if we kept him in like a tiny box their whole lives, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, if anyone were to redo society, it would be Shalon. There are spren and there are sprench. Okay, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. If there was someone to redo society, it would be Shalon. She bought men and forgot. She still owns like 10 slaves that she bought. I'm just saying. She cares more about Spren than she does about people. Yes. I almost want to say Hermione and Spew. Uh, Just if you, someone, when you, when you find something that like ignites a fire in you. Yeah. So one of the reasons I think Shalon might be drawn to the plight of the Spren Mm -hmm. is that she has lived that. She's lived being put in a box and expected Mm -hmm. to do something. And so for her to be worried, I say worried about the spren, but to be concerned about the spren who are basically trapped inside whatever Fabriel has been given them, I feel would resonate with her deeply being expected to just live in some man's library for her whole life and be trapped. That's what I think. I'm kind of hoping that will be for someone, that someone is going to free the spren and people have to learn how to do stuff on their own dang selves. Yeah, well, not so far. Not so far. So, the Shalon and Yasna reunion is not great. Yasna's just like, yep, you're still my apprentice, you're still my ward, and you just, uh... She keeps calling her child. She's 17! 18? I don't know how old is Shalon at this point. Um, yes, Yasna is okay, very listen, cold to her. If I talk to a 17-year-old, I'm not going to call them a child. I'm going to I'm gonna address them by their name. A 7-year-old, maybe. That's pushing it. Yasna did call her child in the first book. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yasna doesn't realize things have changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, well, hey, uh, the ghost bloods are going to start targeting you now, Shalon. And and then Shalon, Shalon is like, 
Are you sure it's the ghost <laughs> bloods that attack the ship? And yes, it's like, obviously, yes. And then, then she really looks at Shalon and she's like, do you feel okay? Yeah, because Shalon was so quippy and like come, you know, had all come back for everything. And she, like Yasna had started to like finally pull Shalon out of her shell. And Shalon is back to the straight laced, just yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, straight, just... Yeah, and um, Shalon did lie to her a lot. She did, and also, but though, from what we and, know, or and also, but <laughs> I don't think Shalon emotionally really dealt with losing Yasna mm-hmm. ever. No, and I don't think she knows how to emotionally deal with getting Yasna back because Shalon has lost a lot of people she cares about. She's like, I would do anything to see my mother again, or her brother, her brother, or like, yeah, dad, I take him. Feel really him. bad about <laughs> killing Tin, and Yasna's just back in her life, and it's like nothing happened. And I don't think Shalon's emotional equilibrium is like um, braced for this or like ready for yeah. this. So, and also, she's a ghost blood now. <laughs> does she have a tattoo yet? I don't know. Or does she just illuminate it? I think, I I don't think we've seen her prove to Marais yet that she has her tattoo. All right. That is going to get her. The thing is, my, my mind went here. I'm just like, if she does the whole stuff with the ghost bloods and then Yasna figures out who he, she is, I'm like, oh, they'll just throw Shalon in jail. You can't keep a shard bearer in jail. Can't do it. Yep. And so when Shalon is like, how did you even survive? Oh, child, I'm an else caller. Of course, an else caller brightness. A thing you never explained. A word which no one but the most dedicated scholar of the esoteric would even recognize. That explains it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Yasna smiles at that. Because I think she's like, okay, yeah, this is how me and Shalon do business. Yeah. And like, meanwhile, Shalon is furious. She's fuming. <laughs> because like, and, and. You know, Yasna's like, well, I went to, you know, Shadesmar. And Shalon's like, but you were stabbed in the chest. And Yasna's like, Stormlight. Yeah. Uh, and and Shalon says, you know, uh, she probably could have guessed all this. But for some reason, she didn't want to accept that. She wanted to remain annoyed at Yasna. Which I would, too. The way that Yasna has, like, just waltzed in and kind of just, like, whatever. Things are just the same as they always are. When Shalon has been through so much emotional and well, physical growth. She's, you know, mm-hmm. traveled and... But no one knows that. No one knows it. She, like, you you can't get mad at someone for not knowing what right. you've been through. Right. I'm just saying, I empathize and get why mm-hmm. Shalon is mad and not jumping for joy that Yasna is back. I'm yeah. jumping for joy that Yasna yeah. is back. What sort of things do you think Yasna went through to get back here? Well, she talks about having to go find a place that was thin enough to get through... Mm-hmm. To travel through, and from what I recall, the interlude that we had, something was chasing her. Yeah, like, big spread were, like, coming after her, mm-hmm. and her clothes were burned, mm-hmm. and she was all, like, Rambo princess. So I would say she has also been going through some horrible, horrible stuff to get back. Yeah. I love that they are Plus, both... she was stuck with wit for weeks. I Ugh. mean, I don't know that that's... Terrible. You don't know. I don't. She could have hated it. <laughs> I love that both Shalon and Yasna are underestimates. Not the right word, but kind of um, dismissing what, what the other person. Yeah, because they're both so focused on what they want here and now. They are very alike, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, but also complete opposites. Yeah. Uh, and Yasna's like, you know what? Let's talk more. I want to hear like your point of view, your perspective of what the discovery was like and, and what everything has done. And I believe I once disparaged the usefulness of your artistic skill. I now find a reason to call myself foolish for that presumption. That's big. And then Shalon says, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what she wanted from Yazda in the first place. (laughs) But they've changed so much that like what they want from each other, like going back to how things were, doesn't Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to fit. And then Yazda's like, the Windrunner, what do you think about him, Shalon? I find him much as I imagined his order, but I've only met him once. When? When did she meet Cal? I guess she met Kaladin when she got here. Brandon, stop having these bad <laughs> things happen off screen. I want to see Kaladin and Yasna get to know each other. Yeah. Ugh. Maybe if we ever get a Yasna book. I hope so. It was Shalon continued. Well, she says, after years of struggling in the shadows, everything coming to light, and despite my years of study, I understand so very little. Shalon continued her sketch. It was nice to be reminded that, for all their differences, there were occasional things that she and Yasna shared. She just wished that ignorance wasn't at the top of the list. Because, listen, none of these ladies are going to sit down and share their innermost, darkest feelings with each other to understand each other. Like, that's not going to happen. So I'm just wondering how that's going to happen. Rafo, Maybe Shalon has to read the book that Yasna writes. Oathbringer? Yes. Maybe Shalon scribes the book that Yasna writes. Yasna can write. Oh, I guess you're right. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't put... Well, no, I would. I don't think Yasna would trust anyone else to. Maybe Shalon illustrates it. There we go. There All we right. go. I Turn like page. that. Am I oh, done talking? I don't Yasna? know. This is the first time Yasna has been back that we get to talk about her and you're just trying to be like, and my dad, that's it, bitch, I want to do the rest. Because that's what Brandon does. <laughs> um, yeah, Brandon, where's the, where's the Kaladin Yasna scene? Where's the Navani Yasna reunion? Where's the Elokar Yasna reunion? Elokar didn't even know she was missing. And he did. But... Like, like all the, imp- I say all the important people, Shalon's important, but yeah, I, like, I, I, I want to be a fly on the wall as like Yasna strides in and like having to prove I'm really Yasna. I'm not some fake. I'm not grandma. It's me. Anastasia. Like when Dean comes back from the dead and he has to do yes. all these tests for yes. Sam and Bobby. Yeah. Supernatural spoilers. <laughs> do you think Yasna is suppressing stuff? Shalon style? PTSD style. Well, we've never point of viewed from Yasna. Well, okay, except for that one time in the epigraph. Yeah. Uh, sorry, in the epilogue. prologue of book two. Yeah. So I don't know how Yasna deals with it. I don't think Shalon would be her trusted advisor. No, absolutely. But we not. know from Navani that Yasna's never trusted Navani either. Mm-hmm. We'll just Does have Yasna... to hold our breath for that. A story of Yasna and Wit walking <laughs> back to your theory. Okay. Um, I wonder who Yasna confides in, if it's anyone. Who knows? I don't. All right. Chapter 34, Resistance. The epigraph says, I noticed its arrival immediately, just as I noticed your many intrusions into my land. Oh. Oh. So I'm assuming two kings talking to each other. All right. We'll see. So. This chapter. Hey, chapter 34, this Resistance. Chapter. Tell me about it. So, uh, Dalinar has talked the Stormfather into um, bringing Queen Fen into one of the visions. 
Like, uh-huh. this has got to be a way to convince her that this is real. <laughs> and Dalinar this time has not been cast as the farmer. That is Queen Fen's role. Yeah. Um, Dalinar has been cast as one of the Radiants. Yeah! Yeah! And the thing is, like, we know that Dalinar can interact with the people in the visions, and <laughs> it's like it's like being in, a, in your dreams where they're like, here, you're on stage right now, and he doesn't know any of the lines. <laughs> he doesn't know any of the any of the you know places to be. He doesn't know any words to the lyrics, and so he's just like he is not a good improviser no. at all. Like nope. he's like. Oh, I wasn't paying attention when we talked about this and and the the Herald, no, the Radiant, who is flying him through the air. Uh-huh. Is like, "Are you kidding me, man?" <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, it, it would be like me being like, "So this thing in front of us that we're talking at with the little red light and this spiky soft thing." Tell me where we got that again. How does it, how does it, does it, is it connected to the, the, yeah. So it's stuff like that. And it's funny. It is funny. It's funny to see Dalinar, this man who is this tall, imposing Blackthorn, kind of like being like, um, line, line. (laughs) But the thing is, the vision you are able to interact and change things. And Queen Fen has gathered everyone together in Times Square yeah. with fire and the kids and are like attacking the nightmare things. Yeah. So so it's like playing Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Which I suck at. Anyone who plays Tav could attack the story in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we find out more. We find out a lot of things like Dalinar wants to bring a bunch of people in at the same time. He's like, can we have multiple people in multiple visions at once? And the Stormfather's like, who do you think you're talking to, man? <laughs> Quit bossing me around. Are you questioning me? <laughs> oh, down there. <laughs> Just try to turn the page, but you finished what you were going to say. Delaner's in Shadesmore. What? Right now? Yeah. Well, yeah. place with Black Sky and Implorable. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, no, he's in a vision. <laughs> Listeners, I turned in yelled at Megan as she was reaching for the book, and where she just recoiled like like there was hot and it burned her. I apologize. Yeah, a place between his world and the visions, a place with a black sky and an infinite floor of bone white rock. Shapes made of smoke seeped through the stone ground, then rose around him, dissipating. Common things. So he is in, um. Yeah, he's in a place. I don't. I don't think it's Shadesmar. Oh, sorry, I scared you for nothing. Sorry, cause cause Dalinar asks, "What's that place?" And Stormfather's like, "It's not a place." He okay, said so he invented it. Yeah, here's what the Stormfather says: "I I imagined it. All things have a soul, a vase, a wall, a chair, and when a vase is broken, when a boat is killed." <laughs> It might die in the physical realm, but for a time it remembers what it was. So all things die twice. Its final death is when men forget it was a vase and think only of the pieces. Mm -hmm. I imagine the vase floating away then, its form dissolving into nothingness. So that's like, that's the Stormfather's mind palace. Mm. So it, it 
has some similarities to Shadesmar, but I don't believe it is Shadesmar. But okay. you know what? Pin in that. All right. Write it <laughs> in your notebook. <laughs> Underneath. <laughs> Unmade. <laughs> so Dalinar is playing the female Radiant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not being weird about it at all. Not so ever. good job, Dalinar. <laughs> oh, stop. Did we talk about this already? I called you one day with a... You called me, but we haven't talked about it on okay. the podcast. Okay, okay. I'm bringing it up because of the <laughs> so shard plate. Dalinar's like, hey, uh, something's wrong with my armor. I can't make my helm retract. In response, the other Radiant made his vanish. Dalinar caught sight of a puff of light or mist. Retract your helm, he shouted. You haven't summoned your armor yet. You had to dismiss it so I could lash you. Mm-hmm. So a windrunner lashing won't work on shard plate. Mm-hmm. Oh, Delinor thought, I meant earlier it wouldn't vanish when I wanted it to. Talk to Harkalen then, or to your spren, the windrunner frowned. Will this be a problem for our mission? Who knows? Who knows? So stuff about stuff about the, the armor. I was back re-listening to our podcast. Uh-huh. And when... We're very funny. <laughs> <laughs> when Shalon draws forth her pattern blade, there are red inscriptions on it. Mm-hmm. And they glow. And they glow. And, okay, remind me if I'm wrong or not, but that same thing happens to the armor of the Radiance in the Visions. It glows in the visions. It glows in the visions. Does it have the red markings on it? or uh, Red? No. Okay. <gasps> Is that... In... Dalinar had visions of glowing blue armor and glowing gold armor. Oh, so they didn't have the... the okay. I thought maybe because she had to summon pattern. Similarly, people will learn how to dismiss and summon blade. Or, um... Plate? The plate. Thank you. Rifo. Rifo. So Dalinar's like, I got to get Navani and Yasna in here. They would be able to like ask correct questions and figure things out. Yeah, better. because he's looking around and he's like, there's got to be more clues into like how people are dressed, the way the buildings are built. Like everything's made out of wood, which in Alethkar would be a big deal because that's very expensive. Expensive. Sorry, there's a bit, a little bit later on to okay. the armor still. Dalinar asks Stormfather. How? Dalinar whispered to the Stormfather. How do we get the armor? Speak the words. Which words? You will know or you will not. Great! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming it goes in stages. Like first you get maybe a few powers. Then you get, you know, with your spren. And then you get the blade. You figure out how to call that. And then you figure out how to call the armor and... Yeah, so what we know from Kaladin uh, is everyone's first words are the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. Yep. And then something, and then the second words, Kaladin speaks the second words at the end of the first book. Mm-hmm. Where he says, I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. And then something changed. Something important. Book two? That's at the end of book one. Book one, Okay. Because everybody has the same... All oh, that's orders right. and knights have the same that's first. Right. And then Kaladin as a Windrunner said, I will protect those who can't protect themselves. Then at the end of book two, he speaks his third ideal, mm-hmm. which is, I will protect those, uh, even those I hate, mm-hmm. so long as it is right. Yeah. 
And that's when it revived Syl and she became a weapon that could turn into anything he asked for. Not necessarily a shard blade. She could also be a spear. So Kaladin has spoken three ideals. Okay. And Shallan has spoken pretty sure two ideals. Mm -hmm. Maybe three. She has to have spoken three because she's got pattern as a sword. Yeah. But how many are there? Do you know what? I bet there's ten. I bet if you can. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just throw that out there. Odds are it's probably ten. Oh, that's funny. The funny thing is I didn't realize he was talking about plate. I didn't realize Delinar was talking about plate in his world. I thought he was talking about it in the vision. <laughs> so I'm like, you better figure that out fast, boy. Yeah, so Queen Fent is the farmer mm-hmm. um, that he was, and you know she's she's done it quite differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that Dalinar's looking at the wooden houses, and he's like, okay, in our time that would be very wealthy, but mm-hmm. here things are are super different. Yeah, and uh, Midnight Essence. Do you think it could be connected to the Midnight Mother? I believe doesn't Dalinar say that like it's the stuff that they had in Yurthiru? Um, he just calls it Midnight Essence so okay. far, I believe. Okay. Because at one point he talks about he's he's fighting one of these things. Um, and it says, you don't eat corpses. You don't eat the corpses, Dalinar said to it. You kill for pleasure, don't you? I often think of how Spren and man are so different, but this we share. We can both murder. Yeah. Murder. And now something that's very different is the wife dies in this version. Yes. Yes. Uh, Queen Fen, as the farmer, elected to save the kid instead. And so... Dalinar's like, my dream wife! No! <laughs> well, he's that's the realest wife he had up to this point. That's true. Now he's got the bonnie. And memories. Memories. Um, my thing is... All alone with my dead wife. <laughs> So we do know that things can be changed, but how do we know that that doesn't change the message of the vision? Wouldn't wouldn't the Stormfather want everything to be the same? So the visions, um, they always... Because Dalinar's gone through them several times. Mm-hmm. And he's tried different things in some of the other visions. Okay. And the pre-recorded voice of honor mm-hmm. is the same at the end of each vision. Got it. So the... The interactive part of the vision can change with the interaction, mm-hmm. but the the tail end statements from Honor, yeah, those are the same. Okay, okay, cool. But um, then he walks up to Queen Fen and she's like, "Yeah, this is a weird dream." <laughs> <laughs> like he has to convince her that it's him, and ultimately, um. She's convinced that it is him because he is so passionate. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, I didn't really think I was talking to you on the span raids all the time. Because, yeah, very fair. He's like, I was being political and formal. And she's like, you were being boring. Like, you were being like a committee. I thought I was talking to a committee. And Dalinar's like, does it just take, all it takes is for me to yell at you? And, like, that's what does it? Dalinar tries to do the right thing every time, and no one listens to him mm-hmm. unless he uses force, unless, unless he, he uses kicks violence. You through a table, <laughs> busts open your chest plate, is like, do you believe I care about you now? <laughs> and he is trying to be a good person, but no one will listen to him unless he's the Blackthorn. Mm-hmm. But again, Queen Fen, love her. She's standing up to the Blackthorn because she's again saying, basically. 
there's so many weird rumors coming out of everywhere. And, and Dalinar's like, oh, she actually probably thinks that all of this I'm doing with Voidbringer magic. Like, people think that he has, like, committed and allied with the Voidbringers, and that's where all this is coming from. And she's just like, I, I can't risk bringing you, you idiot, you Blackthorn idiot, into my city. Like, duh, Dalinar! <laughs> yep. Everyone has been gossiping about Dalinar behind his back. Mm-hmm. They're like, the Blackthorn's gone mad. He claims to talk to the Almighty. He's gonna, like, go across the Shattered Place. He's gonna do this. He's gonna do that. And he's like, wait, no, I never said that. And she's like, listen, nobody expects all the reports to be true, but there's pretty good information that you're going insane. Um, Emily, who do you think that information was spread by? What? I was going to say Sadius. Oh, probably Sadius. That, like, I know we saw a lot of Sadius and Eli's plotting on the Shattered Plains, but I'm sure Sadius was, like, spreading stuff. See, I put him out of my mind. Because he's dead now. He's dead now. You know. Uh, But then the Everstorm actually happened. Yes. And everyone's like, okay. Okay? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Because he says something like, would you rather do this? Would oh, you maybe do this? He's talking to the Stormfather then. Oh. Would it? Would you rather let Odium win? No, it's not that oh. one. You can risk possibly being conquered by the Alethi, or you can definitely fall to the Voidbringer assault alone. Do you want to try that again with the, saying assault instead of assault? <laughs> <laughs> the Voidbringer assault alone! <laughs> Here we go. Take two. You're a professional. You got this. Oh my God, I can't do it now. I'm so embarrassed. Do it. I won't tell the listeners. All right. You can risk possibly being conquered by the Alethi, or you can definitely fall to the Voidbringer assault alone. Don't try it again without a weird emphasis on assault. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's great. You're very good at reading. Wow, English is your first language? (laughs) You went to English school? Wow! (laughs) What did I make fun of you last? Oh, I told you it was a dumb question when it wasn't. It wasn't. I really like doing this podcast with you. Oh. And what Fen says is that she will dot 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 consider it. Consider yourself at home. Consider, consider yourself. Delinar's not a void bringer. <laughs> Part of the Alleth car. <laughs> We're not going to take your town. Just let us in your other gate, please now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Fen says, can because everything's been paused at this point. The, the Stormfather has done that, or just in slow motion. Fen asks if it can resume because she's wants to know what happens to the little girl. And I love that because Fen's, Fen's Queen Fen's stance... You got this. Thank you. <laughs> ...is that everything she does is to protect her people. Mm-hmm. And as a queen, you need to care about... I mean, your people in general, but I love that she still is caring about like an individual as well 
And so when she goes to talk to the little girl, this is where Fen gets the recording of the Almighty. Uh, so this is important. The Almighty had said, do not let strife consume you. Be strong. Act with honor and honor will aid you. And so that's... That was what the... Stormfather yeah. had said to Dalinar and that... Had said to Dalinar and that is what it says to Queen Fen. But, um, but Dalinar's like, again, can you do this? Can you do this? Can more people see it? And Stormfather's like, I don't like being ordered around. And like, we got Kaladin in the previous reading being like, you have to do this. And, you know, Stormfather being like, I don't. No, I do not. <laughs> oh, but, uh, the Radiant, again, the Radiant in the visions talks about, it's talking to Fen because Fen is the part of the farmer uh, the Radiant says, all who resist are needed. Indeed, any who have a desire to fight should be compelled to come to Alethala. We can teach you, help you. If you have the soul of a warrior, that passion could destroy you unless you are guided. Come to us. Come to Eurythiru. Okay, later. Okay, yeah. I'm like... <laughs> I didn't just skip a word that I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But um, Fen is... You can tell she's considering it. At yeah. least she doesn't trust Delinar um, enough, but uh, and now Delinar knows how to talk to her. Yeah, yeah, because um, you know Stormfather says she doesn't trust you. Delinar says she wonders if I created this vision with the power of the Voidbringers. She no longer thinks I'm mad, but she does continue to wonder if I've joined the enemy. And then the Stormfather says, "So you failed again." No, Delinar said tonight she listened, and I think she'll end up taking the gamble of coming to your Thiru. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, chapter 35, first into the sky. I know I'm not done talking about chapter 34. Because you said, yep, and I said, yep, and you said, yep, and then we sat there quietly for three seconds, and I said, look, that's enough. Context clue. <laughs> Emily, did you, were you done talking about chapter 34? Probably, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, wait, I have okay. a question. I have a question. Yep. Which is... Uh, this one talk about Sigsel. Okay, okay, we'll go. get there. This question is dumb to ask because you know the answer already. <laughs> there are no dumb questions. Are, this one... only mean <laughs> podcast co-hosts. Um, I want to know, and I'll I know I'll find out, but I want to know who he's going to target next. Okay. If we're going to see Gox again, okay, um, and if he's going to be just too freaked out because he's <laughs> definitely been been um, communicating by committee, and so I want to see Gox. Uh, I want to see his true self, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rushy Isles, I mean, they say that theirs was destroyed, but can you destroy an Oathgate? Can you just... And and maybe it's not just Oathgates. Maybe Dalinar is, like, reaching out to talk to people from wherever. To unite them. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Okay. Yes, darling. Now I'm done. Can we talk about Sigsel? Yes! Read me the epigraph to First Into the Sky. All right. Chapter 35. You think yourself so clever, but my eyes are not those of some petty noble to be clouded by a false nose and some dirt on the cheeks. They are talking to wit. That's what is happening. I'm sorry. I hit the book so loud into the mic. So Hoyt is not his real name. Right. Is it Corypheus? Sephendrius. It's a Inquisition. Is it Corypheus? No. One of his other names is Sephandrius. Oh, new information. There you go. And you figured it out. <laughs> Look at you. Look at me. So, it also helps that the Wit character is one of the Heralds. That 
I think relates to something different. We'll talk about that in a second. All right. But, okay, so in book one, Hoyd wrote a letter to someone. Mm-hmm. A dragon. Yes. Frost is the dragon's name. Oh, I didn't you know didn't that. You didn't know that, okay. but I'm just going to tell you because that was confirmed at a word of Brandon back in like 2016. So okay. I'll just tell you. The dragon Wit wrote a letter to, his name is Frost. Okay. Wit has written similar letters to multiple powerful beings around the Cosmere. Okay. How do you deliver them? Email doesn't That's a horrible way to send an email. <laughs> do you know what? I don't know. Can I ask Brandon that? Yeah. Okay. Brandon, write in. <laughs> Tell us. Brandon, who... Definitely <laughs> listen to our podcast. Now that he's done writing Storm Life 5. There we go. He has time he before he have to worry about the spoilers. Mystery, mystery Mistborn third. <laughs> Did we talk about that? <laughs> you guys, I feel so stupid. No, there's no stupid sisters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You say so. I was reading Emily this year's State of the Sanderson, and I said, I'm going to read it out loud because I think the title of the third Mistborn series, the third era, is a spoiler, and I don't want you to know. And I said, okay. I, and didn't, even, I didn't even argue. Made it, you guys, I made it through the entire, the entire State of the Sanderson, just calling it Mistborn Era 3. Listen, we were only interrupted about four times, so Megan had to, like, reset her brain each time to be like... This is a blank. And at the tail, the very last time it's mentioned in like Brandon's wrap up, where he was like, But we'll see what I get done while writing the Elantra sequel and the Ghost Bloods. And Emily goes, <gasps> And I went, <laughs> so Actually, funny. I think I said, <laughs> <laughs> I think you said that. <laughs> I'm so bad. So but funny. Emily, please read Mistborn Era That's 1. That's the plan all along. Why haven't you picked up the book? Either? I am in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you. Do you have the Mistborn book? Yeah. You bought them bought all you for me. All of them. Yes, thank you. You're a wonderful Could sister. Could you just do me a favor and just start reading Mistborn 1? Yes, I can okay. do that. Because I would, I would like to talk about how, you know, world hop connections, that sort of stuff. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. You don't even have to make me do it. Do you know what? <laughs> you say that? And it's been months? At least I a been. month? <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> took a breath in. You were about to get all indignant. And then you realized, oh, no, Megan's right. <laughs> yes. So, yes, we will do that. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about Sigil? Your favorite, Sigil. your favorite, man? my favorite Bridge Four crewman besides Moash. I was about to say, is Moash? Well, like, okay, since, so I, I, I want to know something about you. Do you consider Moash a part of Bridge Four still? I even do. Even though he ran away. Okay, yes. cool. Um, so I consider the main Bridge Four characters mm -hmm. to be Kaladin. Let go. I'm not covering could, my mouth. No, I wondered if you could still talk about it. <laughs> I'm trying to illustrate something for you. Keep going. I think Kaladin, Rock, Teft, Moash are like the mainest Bridge Four characters. Mm -hmm. And then barely under them, I put Lopin, Sigzel, um, Layton. Layton. And the, the only reason why Lopin is in the second tier 
is because I don't think comedic relief characters are as important. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, with the amount of screen time. But, but I, because uh, he, I don't know, Sigzel, Sigzel, I move between tier one and two, and Lope and I move That's between fair. tier one and two. He's definitely the minor of the major Bridger characters. <laughs> and then, uh, I third am the tier. Model of a minor. Yeah. Third tier, I consider Renarin, Relaine, uh, Dabid, you know, uh, names that we Drahey. know, Scar, Scar, names that we know, but we don't talk to as much. Okay. Spoilers. I know I shouldn't rank. We don't. So far in the book. <laughs> Just saying. Tell me, how much screen time has Dabid gotten so far? <laughs> I and maybe things will happen in a future book, and David will be the star of the show. But I hope so. That's what I want for him. This chapter is a big look into Sigzel's head, which we've never had before. We've never had. Not haven't we had one, or was that Tept? Where that was Tept. Where Kaladin was going to be out in the storm, and they all come oh, out and say tept. goodbye. That was Tept. Okay. Um, but. Sigzil is being awoken from a dream. A dream that I think you would have. I would definitely have. He he dreamed that he was back basically at school and he realized he'd forgotten how to read. <laughs> Listen, one of the most aggravating feelings is is a dream like that where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're just like, something's wrong, this is wrong. And then you wake up and you're like, that was so stupid. Why was I so worked up about that? But at least, at least... They're woken up, I'm assuming, at a at a fairly reasonable, reasonable hour, hour with breakfast all ready to go. Thank Nobody's you, dragging anybody out of bed and throwing them in the dirt. No wonder Moash turned evil. No wonder <laughs> I would have. Oh, uh, and Sigzel is thinking about what it's like to to very so rarely think in his first language. Mm-hmm. So I've never successfully learned a second language. <laughs> Um, but I was talking to someone who... <gasps> I gotta do my Duolingo. Not Remind now. me to do that right after we podcast. Um, speaking to people who have had to learn new languages for, like, their work or whatever, and there's a common thread, and I know that there's a term for it, and I'm sorry that I... I'm sorry that I can't remember it, but it's where, like, a switch flips in your brain, and suddenly you can speak and read and think in two different... Languages. Two different languages. Like you dream in the new language. Yeah. And, Sigzel yeah. is from Azir, Azir Rona. Which this chapter only further cemented my desire to go there. I, Sigzel and I, are very alike. <laughs> he and I are cut from the same cloth, asking all the questions of. Well, what about, well, we'll get to this, but like, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And Kaladin's just like, ugh. And Signal's like, I'm sorry, I'm asking all these necessary questions. And Kaladin's like, no, we need to know these things. It's, it's the, listen, if any of you have ever had to write an instruction manual for work or started a new program somewhere, and it's just like, okay, if everything were to go right, these are the steps you take. However, if you get to step four and this thing happens... If A happens, then you do this. If B happens, then you do this. If C, D, E, F do happen, then you do these. And what happens? What if G happens? Then you're just screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And Sigzil is so orderly. And I love that we already know about the Asia's people and mm-hmm. like everything's like paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. And if you filled out the yeah. correct forms and everything. Um, so I'm excited to talk more about, about him. Uh, so he was going to be, he was going to apply to be a clerk. Mm-hmm. He was going to apply to be eligible to be prime someday. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, too much, too much to do. Son of a laborer. So little time left to study. Everyone in his ear talked about how even the humblest man could become prime, but the son of a laborer had so little time to study. He uses Stormlight, doesn't realize he's doing that, and he's like, what just happened? Oh, yeah, Kaladin's back. Kaladin's back! We didn't get to see Kaladin's reunion with any of these people. Brandon! Maybe in the TV show, things will be different. Maybe. It'll be drawn (laughs) different. Um, And he talks about, again, his slave brands have been healed, but his tattoos have stayed the same. But, again, Kaladin's slave brands did not heal, and he cannot keep the tattoo. Yep. I think it's because he is an official Radiant and you can't, like, pledge your allegiance elsewhere. Okay. I wonder if, one by one, if anyone, like, else bonds with this Bren, if they will lose their tattoo. But right now they just follow Kaladin. So it's still cool that they're technically, like, mm-hmm. a part of Bridge Four. Yeah. And Kaladin got his scars before he became Radiant. Mm-hmm. But they so got their tattoos before they became radiant. Yes, yes. So they don't have. Well, listen. But he got his his. Why haven't Kaladin's brands come off? We don't know. We don't Lopin's know. arm grew back. Yeah. So, speaking of Lopin's hanging out on the ceiling now that Kaladin's back, he's having a grand time performing his little rituals. He's hoping to use to attract a lady friend someday. Mm-hmm. And but we find out people are dating. We also find out something about her dazzy and fingernails. Oh, they're like carapaces. Yeah. They're hard. That's well, it says dark brown and hard as crystal. And for a second, I was just like, that would be so pretty. Like crystal fingernails. But no, just they're brown. carapaces. Blech. Um, but yeah, people are dating. I love, okay, here's what I love. Here's what I love. Yes. Taft is feeling Kaladin and all of these things. Like, hmm. Ugh. Okay. I feel a lot of things about this, and I'm trying to put them all into <sighs> neat little circles, but you have your bridge four, and everyone's very connected, and everyone's very, you know, we are bridge four. But Sigzil also brings up the fact that, hey, we're also Radiance, and we follow you, but do we now also follow Dalinar? Technically, he's also a Radiant, but he's not your order of Radiant, and he is the, you know, uncle of the king, and does the king... Can the king order us around, or do we like? Are we supposed to like, rev- like, answer the call to anyone who calls for help, no matter what kingdom they're in? Are we supposed to like? Who pays us? How do we do all of these things? And it's, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Instead of it being like, oh, this is too much information. I'm just like, yeah. Who's got the answers? Let's have some order here, people. Yeah. Um. Little another little glimpse into Sigzil's past. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what would his life be like if he hadn't turned into an Azish failure and disappointment? If he'd passed the tests instead of getting into trouble, needing to be rescued by the man who'd become his master. Which is Hoyd. Which is Hoyd. Yeah. Or as now you know, the wit. Seriferous. No! I... Seriferous is from Dragon Age. That's Corypheus. Oh, I'm... Fandrius. Do you see how close I was? Yeah, Seriferous. 
Yes, you were very close. That was a good job. Thank you. Um, Kaladin's doing his morning push-ups when Sigzel gets in there. Does he even need to, like, keep his muscles up? I don't this? think so. Okay. I think Stormlight just gives you hot muscles. Okay. So, Pete is betrothed to the girl from the Onry Troll. Yay! And now do we, now where do we put the married people? Versus where do we put the single people? Yeah, and Kaladin's like, oh, is that an... He's like, oh, I was talking to that, but then all this other stuff happened. I should probably get on that. And and Sigil, you know, I think Kaladin at first was like, do I... Must we? And Sigil's like, you want a married couple in the barracks? Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get mention of the first queer character, yes. first explicitly queer character in these books. Uh, Drahi is courting a man, and Kaladin's like, oh, I did know about that one. <laughs> you only noticed now? Um, and Sigil's like, listen, here's the thing. And it, you kind of think like he's going to raise a stink yeah, about it. But yeah. it's like, sir, Drahi hasn't filled out the right forms to be gay. <laughs> he, if he wants to court another man, he has to apply for social reassignment. Uh-huh. And Kaladin just rolls his eyes, and that's when Sigs was like, oh, that's not a thing here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sigs couldn't say he was surprised, as the Alethi didn't have proper procedures for anything. He's like, okay, but how do you how do you apply for social reassignment? And Kaladin's like, what? <laughs> that's not a thing. Um, And then Sigs was like, listen, it's not just this specifically. There are four religions represented in uh, bridge four. Mm-hmm. Haber follows the passions. There's like four if you don't count Teft, who I can't figure out. There's this talk of Bright Lord Dalinar claiming the Almighty is dead. So like... And and so Sigzel's like, this is getting a little away from him. So what does Sigzel do? What does Sigzel tell Kaladin about? Alright, first of all, I just want to say, Sigzel makes sense to me because mm-hmm. he just wants the world to make sense. Uh-huh. And you do that through paperwork, through order, through official documents, and what's the official stamp you can get to get notarized? Yeah. I love that he's bringing his strengths into this, even though it doesn't... I say it doesn't have a place. He's cre- he's making his own job. He's yeah. creating yeah. his own thing. But he's trying to explain things to Kaladin, and so he does what his master has always done, which is <laughs> tell it as a story. And I will say, Sigzel, I love you. This makes no sense. <laughs> He tries to tell a story about a moon and people switching places, and that's why the people with blue skin have blue skin. Uh, because of a story. Hush. Uh, I mean, please listen. Sir, you see, there are three moons, and the third moon is the cleverest, and she doesn't want to be in the sky, sir. She wants to escape. So one night, she tricked the queen of the Natan people. This was a long time ago, so they were still around. I mean, they're still around now. But they were more around then, sir. And the moon tricked her, and then they traded places until they stopped. And now the Natan people have blue skin. Does that make sense? <laughs> Kaladin blinked. I have no idea what you just said. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Sigzel said, it's obviously fanciful. Not the real reason the Natan people have blue skin. Um, like he's trying to be logical about the whole thing. It was supposed to explain some things? It's how my master always did things, Sigzel said, looking at his feet. He'd tell a story anytime someone was confused or when people were angry at him, and while it changed everything, somehow he looked at Kaladin. I suppose, Kaladin said slowly, that maybe you feel <laughs> like a moon. <laughs> like the moon. 
Anyway, it was about responsibility. He hadn't explained it well. Storms. Master Hoyt had named him a full world singer, <laughs> and he couldn't tell a story straight. Also, Kaladin has a nickname for him. Yeah? I called him Sig. Sig. I called him Siggy. Siggy. Siegfried. And then Kaladin's like, okay, you, <laughs> you should be the ardent of our unit, Sig, but... But you should understand what they want and respect that rather than projecting onto them what you think they should want out of life. Because here's the thing. He's worried because some one of the men is going off to sleep with a prostitute. Yeah. And then Calvin's like, that's not against the rules. Like, I've had sergeants who've said you should do this. Yeah. And then Sigzel's like, it's imitating an oath without the commitment. Every major religion agrees to this. Except the Reshi. But they're pagan, even among pagans. And then Kaladin's like, oh, did your master teach you to be this judgmental? And Sigzel's like... Uh. I and have the, heard that before. Yeah, he's like, actually, yeah, he said that all the time. Um, so I give you permission to sit down to Huyo and explain your worries, but I won't forbid you from expressing your morals. Just don't present your beliefs as our code. So, And that's a hard line to walk. Yeah. Like... Like, if you're in HR and you have to talk to someone about it, like, whatever whatever job you're at, you have to make sure if you're HR that you are putting forward the company's expectations, not your personal expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be very separate from it. I freaking love this chapter. This might be my favorite chapter of all the chapters. So, I'm so glad. <laughs> So Kaladin, Sigzel brings up the idea of bringing more people to Bridge 4. Yes, yes. And even, like, floats the idea that, you know what, maybe people from Bridge 4 will, like, split off someday. And that seems to, like, physically hurt Kaladin. <laughs> He's like, no. Because <sighs> Sigzel's like, if we lose more people, Kaladin's like, we're going to lose again. We're also Nobody remember. Look at me. No one is going to die. <laughs> I promise. Um... And so as Kaladin's walking around, like, yeah, we should recruit more, he sees Lynn. And Lynn is the strongest one helping them out. And he's like, Lynn, do you want to be a bridge four? And she's like, yes! He freaking lights yes! up. Like, is this the one that talked to... Shalon talked about, to Shalon. do you have to be ladylike? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, like, Lynn is walking on sunshine, flying through the air. There's hearts floating up uh, and stars shooting out of her eyes. That's how Spren works. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kaladin's like, great, Sigzel, give her the ledgers and accounts. And she's like, oh. Like, just deflates. Everything's just, oh, that's, oh. And she tells him. Oh, if- Lynn said, a scribe. Of course, Kaladin said, you're a woman, aren't you? This is giving me very Sokka. Yeah. Katara vibes. I thought you were asking, I mean, in the High Princess Visions, there were women who were Knights Radiant, and with Brightness Shalon, she blushed. Sir, I didn't join the Scouts because I like sitting around and staring at ledgers. If that's what you're offering, I'll have to pass. Like, she's so brave. Yeah. To this, like, to be like, oh, I misunderstood you, and now you offered this great thing, but I gotta take it back. Like, she, oh, she can't even meet Kaladin's eyes. Yeah, and then Kaladin comes up, thought up a lie, I thought it up quick, and he's like, oh, no, we'll have real tests to get in. Tryouts. <laughs> yes. Um, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Figure it, we'll have to clear it with your commander. Um, but they're definitely real. Yeah. And then Sigma mutters under his breath, did your master teach you to be that insensitive? Like, okay, here's the thing. I was 
really peeved off at Kaladin at this point because he has just come from the listeners who are like, we've always been cast as this and we don't want to be that. And then he's just like, well, you're a woman. You want to be this. It takes time to get this lesson mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And says, I have a suggestion, sir. Sigzel continued, try to understand what people want out of life and respect <laughs> that rather than projecting into them what you think they should. Shut it, Sigzel. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Oh. Oh, but, okay, so I was mad at Kaladin yep. for his, like, you're a woman. But I also love because Sigzel had brought up a couple times in his head and then out loud to Kaladin of just, like, I failed at being an Azish scribe. I failed. I was terrible. I've carried this weight with me forever. And Kaladin's like, I'm so glad that happened because now we have you and we need you. And, like, what you are is perfect. Mm-hmm. And just... Oh, Kaladin sees the best of people. Yeah. Sigzel, uh, it says Sigzel feels awkward trying to treat Kaladin like one of the other bridgemen. Yes. That, um, Teft and Rock could do it, lope it in his own strange way. Um, Sigzel is like, no, no, no. I would like a structure. I would like a hierarchy. He, but then he says, Moash had been closest to Kaladin, but he Let's wasn't see. in bridge for any longer. Oh. Kaladin hadn't said what Moash had done. Oh. <gasps> Oh, Only that he does. had removed himself from our fellowship. Kaladin got stiff and unresponsive whenever Moash's name was mentioned. Mm-hmm. So Bridgeford does not know. I don't know. I like that. I like that Kaladin's still kind of loyal, quote unquote, to Moash and protects Moash's name when he doesn't deserve it. And we get to the coolest part. The coolest part. So, turns out that... Uh, that Kaladin has been told, hey, your requisition has been filled. And Kaladin's like, awesome, great, sweet. And uh, goes to the quartermaster's office or whatever. And we find out that Kaladin is like a library, has checked out the emeralds for soul casting grain. Yeah. Checked them out for the use of the day with to practice being a radiant. Yeah. And this... I loved this bookend here because you remember back when they were in Bridge 4, they would be searched every day when they went down into the chasms. If they had any um, spheres on them at the end of the day, they'd have to give them up. And here, they're letting him take their food-producing items, the most... The most... The best gems they got. Yeah. And Kaladin... They were the best gems around. <laughs> what about the soul casting? What soul casting? Uh, that's the Royal Emerald Reserve, the quartermaster said, held for emergency grain renewed with light in the storm this morning. How you talked to the high prince into letting you take them is beyond me. Kaladin's like, we're just borrowing them. We need the light. Yeah. So they're they're going to go practice. They're going to go practice. Um, this chapter was my favorite. I loved it so much. I'm I just so... love Sigzel and his right? Asian heritage. Uh, he's... I was just being a jerk when I said Teft was my favorite. <laughs> Friendship with Teft ended. <laughs> Wait. Something's going on with Teft. Something's going on with Teft. What's up? We don't know. We don't know. Sigzel's worried about him. Rafo. He's off places. I don't know if he's in like an opium den somewhere or if he's gotten involved with someone like the Ghost Bloods. If we're going to have another Moash on our hands. Call that two ash. <laughs> but uh, instead of opium two dens. Two mo, two mash. They don't have opium here. What do they have in this world? Fire moss. Fire moss. So your guesses are fire moss den, ghost blood, Moash 2. Yes. The Moash. Well, I feel like ghost bloods and Moash. No, because he was, he was not part of the ghost bloods. He was part of the... 
diagram. He didn't realize that though. He didn't realize. He was basically that. tricked into being a follower. Of but the then diagram. there's a Sons of Freedom or a Sons of Honor, Honor. and that was Amaranth. That's somebody else. Yeah. How many secret societies does a, a congregation of men need? Well, we know the Ghost Bloods are world hoppers, so. <laughs> so there's just two on Roshar, and then they get a bonus one. Okay. But yeah. This okay. was so fun. It was so fun to see the log- logistics speak to my soul, Brandon. <laughs> this small thing about, like, this, and then what do we do here? What do we do here? Like, you've got to sign a paper that says you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. This chapter was truly my favorite. The next one is good. All right. But this one was my favorite. Hey, tell me about 36 Hero. 36 Hero, Dalinar didn't actually kill a kid. Dalinar's not a child murderer. <sighs> there's, only, there's only one thing worse than a murderer. A, a child. child. No? <laughs> um, Is that a relief? Not it was a, a relief because... Not as big of a jerk as he could have been a ward. The thing was, not that I had forgiven him for that. Like... I'm just, what, why are you laughing at me? Uh, I didn't forgive him for murdering a child. I was okay with it, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> you mock my pain. Where the 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 chapter with the rift and how he'd gone in to, like, take care mm-hmm. of the kid and everything, and it kind of ends, and you're just like, oh, well, obviously he did that. That guy who worked for him said that what happened at the rift was so bad, mm-hmm. he quit the army to be an ardent. Yeah, yeah. so... Is it because he thought Dalinar had killed the kid? Maybe. Maybe. Um, but Gavilar comes storming in. We're starting at the end of the chapter and working backwards. This was just the big part. Um, and it's just like, tell me you killed the kid. Tell me you you told me you did. Tell me you did. And Dalinar's like, tell me Kuzgo's dead. <laughs> I need to hear these words. Do you have to hear those words exactly? And Dalinar's like... It was a kid. Like And Evie's like, Oh my husband's the he was the best guy around. What about all the people he murdered? He didn't kill a kid. <laughs> She's just like enamored even more. She loves him. She loves him. Oh my gosh. Hey, what's speaking of kids? <gasps> There's one on the way. Pregerminant. <laughs> Which <laughs> Am I pardoned? <laughs> They were talking about the two spread on the floor, like yeah. fighting or whatever. I missed an important sentence um, transition and thought that my imagination ran away with me for about 10 seconds that she had twins at the moment. Oh. And I'm just like, well, they obviously they obviously had a trouble getting the twins here. And so oh, flame sprint. they were just flame sprint. And so I was just like, oh, whew. Crisis averted. And she sees, she looks at the two flames, Bren, and thinks that they are playing. And Dalinar looks at them and thinks that they are fighting. Mm-hmm. That was, that was very interesting. Um, anyway, but Dalinar is telling Gavilar, no, I did it. And Gavilar's like, well, now we have an uprising. Are you happy? They want Oathbringer back. Yeah. That's the whole thing is they're telling him that, uh, the sword was not, Rightfully wanting conquest. Yeah. yeah. Which, listen, did you want Dalinar to kill a kid or not? <laughs> I think Gavilar would have preferred I it. I think Gavilar would have 100% preferred it. Um, but the thing is, like, Gavilar's like, or Dalinar's like, well, it's my sword. Like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, you and what army, kid? <laughs> but, um, 
this was such a soft, sweet chapter because... Delaner's not a child murderer. Not a child murderer. And he's trying to fix the flu and he's sitting on the floor and Evie comes and joins him and she, like, loves him. She's, like, glowing with how much she loves him. That's just the pregnancy. (laughs) And the firelight and everything. But, like, I was worried that... um, Because when we first meet her and her brother, they're very timid. They're very, like, frail almost. And... Like, one of the first interactions that we see with Dalinar and Evie is he kills a man with a knife, washes it off in wine, and then uses the knife to hack off his meat and eat it. Yep. Like, but but now she's just, like, the soft sunshine. She's the sunshine one, and he's the grumpy one. Yeah. I love it. Sorry she's dead. Is she? Pretty sure. Okay. But not 100%. Rafo. I think she's going to come back and she's going to be pissed at Navani. Oh, just like how to trade your dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Aelin's going to be like, Mom! <laughs> um, but yeah, anything anything else from this chapter? Oh, oh, sorry, I say that. And then you're... <laughs> you go! So Evie has an observation uh-huh. that Dalinar has been acting different without a war to fight. She's like, it's almost like you're dead. And she's not saying this to be critical or, you know, anything like that. But, like, the minute that Gavilar comes in and just like, hey, we've got, like, a there's a skirmish. And, like, Delinar lights up and, like, Evie's kind of like, that's my man. There he is. There he is. How did Evie die? I hope she didn't. Okay. <gasps> How? Oh, no. What if? What if? What if? She's a traitor, and she tries to get the sword back, and Gavilar has her executed. Oh, that would be really sad. That would be really sad. What did Dalinar ask the Night Watcher about? Oh, doesn't she mention Night She does. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she becomes... <laughs> Dalinar gets, is shocked by Evie. And the funny thing is, is, like, war doesn't shock him. Blood and guts don't shock him. But any mention of anything pagan has, like, Dalinar clutching his pearls. <laughs> Old magic! <laughs> the Night Watcher, Evie, don't say things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it talks about, like, her pagan heritage popped up at the strangest time. She could be talking good Voran doctrine, then out came something like that. So she's talking about the one. The one, which is, we find out, is the Night Sister. No. No. Uh, this was the cobbler's religion. We are all part of the one. Oh. And and every life is the one living a different aspect of their own life. Mm-hmm. And every person who's ever lived is an aspect of the one. Right. And I will say, at this point, Dalinar, uh, when she's, when she is, sorry, when he's like glowering into the fire and she's like, oh, it's no use troubling yourself about things you can't change. Like, who, who has put these into your mind? And Dalinar thinks of Navani. Mm-hmm. He's thinking mm-hmm. about Navani uh, was talking with Gavilar about her research, and Gavilar had simply grunted. Oh, yeah. She'd spoken with such passion and excitement, and Gavilar had ignored her. So mm-hmm. Dalinar, even married to Evie, he's still thinking about Navani and how things would be different. And so she says that the Night Watcher is an avatar of the one. And you'll get a, uh, something granted. And he's like, no, 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 not doing that. Never doing that. Will not ever do that. La, 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 la. And then he ends up being the biggest pagan of them all 
by not by marrying his quote unquote sister according to a lethe <laughs> tradition and having a spren officiate the wedding and yep so uh so the, so the the moral of the story is Joe get married moral of the story is kill children when you have the chance <laughs> save yourself a lot of heartache later all right that is the end of this That's week's the reading end of the reading Four chapters in an hour. We're getting good at We're this. We're getting much better at this. All right. Here we go. Heralds. Okay. It is the lady with the the hood, and that's Chichenarach. No. Oh. Chach is the helmet. Oh, it's the hooded lady. Uh, A hooded spotted puppy coat. It's not Batar. Okay. Yeah, Batar is the it's, band. It's not Batar. It's not Chach. Oh, Vedaledev. Vedaledev. How do I remember this? It's uh, like she has a veil on. Vedaledev. Veil for Vev. I have an unpopular opinion while you're doing this. Great. What is it? I'm not glad Eshenai's dead. That is a popular opinion. That they're glad that she No, is? that they're not oh, glad. Okay. But I'm saying, I'm very excited that we get... Uh, Venling. Venling's point of view. Me too. I think she's very cool. I. Me too. And a very nuanced character. Yeah, I'm excited to see more of her. That's all. Okay, so, uh, Vedaletiv, uh, Vev, or Vedal, um, represents, uh, her aspects are being loving and healing, and she is the... That's not what Shalon is feeling towards Yasna at this point. Uh, she is, uh, the edge dancer patron, and oh. she's the one who's supposed to train people in the arts of medicine and surgery. Okay. So so why is she in front of this chapter? Maybe there's a secret edge dancer in the chapter that we don't know about. Maybe <laughs> Shalon and Yasna need to be more loving <laughs> and healing. Because I don't think there was any healing or loving going None. on between these two ladies Not at, at all. this point. All right. Flipping the page. We have Nalin. This is the yep. one where we have a split one. We've got Nalin and we have the the we have Chichenarach with the yeah! with the hood. Alright, so Nalin or Nail Justice Justice and Confidence. Mm-hmm. Um and he is the patron of the uh Skybreakers. Yeah <laughs> And then Chichenarach is being boob. Beneficial? Mm-mm. Brave. And? O-O-B-B. <laughs> yes! You're doing it, Peter! Um, and Chach is uh, the head of the... Dust... Oh, there's... <laughs> Dust Briggers! All right, you're getting you're getting it. I'm getting it. You are going to be only so me two and a half good books. at this. Um, yeah. Hey, why do we got Dustbringers and Skybreakers? Because uh, we've got Dalinar in this chapter, mm-hmm. and then um, I'm hoping that the other kings and queens will take his advice and start looking for their own radiance, mm-hmm. which could start a whole other. Wait. Okay. 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 I was going to say. That could be a problem because no one's united and no one's going to want to do, you know, something that will benefit another country. Uh-huh. But if they all have to do what their spren think is right, then maybe once the spren are all united. We'll see. Anyways. Right. Next one is Taln and Wit. No. No. K- Kalek. Yes. Kalek. Yes. 
so Kalak is about being resolute mm-hmm. and a builder. And Kalak is uh, the head of the Order of the Will Shapers. And we haven't we don't, seen them. Yeah, we don't know height okay. nor hair of them. Um, but being building, I feel like uh, Sigzel is trying to build new paths. Yeah. Build not a- regulations. What's the word I'm thinking of? A like handbook? infrastructure. He's trying to build infrastructure. infrastructure. And then I personally think Wit is there because he's Sigzel's old master and he gets a mention and Sigzel tries his very best to tell a story. He tries. What do you think that story's really like? I think it's grand and sweeping. I think it's like if you tell someone, hey, look at it and tell me a fairy tale. Okay. I think it's like if someone were to say, what's Way of Kings about? Mm-hmm. And people go, uh. Ooh, um, not me. <laughs> Let's see. I have no idea. Sigzel, you meant well, sir. Okay. What did you think it was? We'll never know. No, tell me. Look, I... Okay. There's three moons, and the third moon is the cleverest, and she doesn't want to be in the sky. She wants to escape. A.K.A. the third child. Yes. Is that why you like this? So she tricks the queen of the Natan people, and they traded places. Mm -hmm. So, like, a human goes up to the sky... And the moon comes down among the people. Mm-hmm. And now the Natan people have blue skin. Why? I don't know. I told you. Okay. It makes no damn sense. All right. Compels me, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. We'll never know. And then flashback. Who we got? We got Nalen and Vedaledev. Yeah, you did it! <laughs> Thank you. So Nail is the leader of Justice. the... Justice. Skybreakers. Uh-huh. And Vedaledev... Is the Vale's is Vale gonna be a radiant and and um swear allegiance to Vetaletive? So here's the thing. You decided that Vetaletive had a veil. That's nothing that's been canonically <laughs> said. You just decided Vev gets a veil. Okay. Vetaletive is about loving and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is the head of the order, <laughs> Genovian Order of the Rose. She's she the has, edge dancer. She has a veil, like a flying nun. Okay. Uh, she's the leader of the edge dancers. She's about loving and healing. She's the one who teaches surgery and medicine. And so, and that's why lift can bring docs back to life. Yeah. Personally, I think this represents the forces of Gavilar and the forces of Evie at work against Dalinar. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this week's song okay. is Dream a dream lover, take me in your dream, dream me anything you want boy, you're making a scream Ooh, a-da-dee, a-da-da you gotta dream a little dream in honor of Dalinar bringing Queen Fen into his dream. As someone who has to find the song and put it on the play who is that by? I don't know, but search DDR Dream and Dream. Okay, we'll do. All right. Our next reading. Chapter 37. The Last Time We March. Oh. Chapter 38. Broken People. Okay. Chapter 39. Notes. And chapter 40. Questions, Peaks, and Inferences. Questions. Questions that need answering. And chapter 41, On the Ground, Looking Up. Because we are tearing through this book, so we are, yeah, we're doing five chapters next recording. <laughs> um, I am going to tell you that 
37, the next thing we read is another Bridge 4 point of view yes. chapter. Is it text? And it's the point of view of Numahuku Makiakia Ayaluna. <laughs> yes! Thank you! So it's going to be great! It's going to be great! Oh, we didn't talk about how the symbol for the Bridge 4 chapters is different. It shows the Bridge 4 coat. I honestly thought it was like a cave, and I was trying to figure out how that all works. <laughs> so sorry. No. Oh, we made it to chapter 40. Look at us ripping through the book. I'm excited to keep reading. Chapter 40 out of... Chapter is this? Epilogue. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Dang, that's a long last chapter. We're 40 out of 111 or 112 chapters. We're third of the way through. Yeah, getting there. Okay, well... Listeners, this was great. And we're making great time on our episodes, too. Okay, um, I'm going to go back to writing notes. I got to get back to writing my book. Oh, you can definitely do it. I No, you can do your thing, too. How? Because I believe in you. Ah! Okay, thanks. You're welcome. All right, ready? Ready, break! break.